<laughs> anyway, he thought I said I should have worn my cum face. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're listening to Blethered. I'm Sean McDonald, and my guest is Scottish TV and radio presenter Edith Bowman. If you've ever watched TV or listened to the radio at any point in your life, you'll know that Edith is a very well-known face and voice on both, and she was a real pleasure to chat to. We talk about going down to London to try and make it in the industry while overcoming setbacks and rejection, the dreaded but very common imposter syndrome, keeping your Scottish accent when you're out of the country for a long time, and plenty more. This recording took place during the Glasgow Film Festival ahead of a live recording of Edith's own podcast, Soundtracking. I went along to the recording and it was excellent, so give it a listen. It's available everywhere you can hear podcasts and there are the biggest guests from the world of music and film. From Quentin Tarantino to Mary J. Blige, there's a great backlog to choose from. Finally, thanks to Edith for her time and to Ruth Marsh and Zoe Flower for making things run so smoothly. It's much appreciated. Just a quick one to say that I've started up a Patreon page to help me bring you more podcasts of an even better quality. If you sign up as a patron of Leathered for a few pounds a month, you'll get extra bonus episodes, access to a couple of new shows that will be Patreon only, and plenty more exclusive perks, as well as supporting the show. The link to Patreon is available in the episode notes if you're interested. And as always, if you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. I'm good, yeah, I've just been at Kelvin Grove. What were you doing there? Um, so, um, another podcast actually, Meet Me at the Museum. Right, okay. Which is kind of nice, but I had to, I had to not, just let me hold, put the mic down for a second. Open that. I had to um, invite a friend. So my friend Kelly, who lives over in Troon, who I don't get to see that much. I invited her over and she, me and her walked around the Calvin Grove and talked about stuff. It's really nice. Real fun. Is, do you still have, like, the majority of your connections? Are pals up here or is, like, where are you based? I'm based, so I was based, I've been based down south longer than I lived in Scotland now. Right, okay. Um, you still kept your accent, which I like, because there's so many people that are so affected. Oh, I, 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 I mean, was bitching about it yesterday on another podcast. That's my worst nightmare, to be honest. And But I think, like, it's a... I mean, my, my, my accent's definitely softer, and that's not through choice. It's just through mm. sheer circumstance of where I am. And I think you kind of... Your ears pick up things and subconsciously, and, and not without trying to, you know, it'll, it'll change. Yeah. But that was my. That's been my biggest fear of kind of being away from Scotland is losing my accent because it's so much of me, so much a part of me. I kind of get it as well. What you mean about changing? So I've lived in Barcelona for quite a few years, and when you're speaking English to people, you just have no choice but to change the way that you're saying something. Mm-hmm. Although mine has never changed at all. Yeah. But I can, I can change it, and I do get it because. There's only so many times I can say girl, 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 not yeah. a girl, and then yeah, I just yeah, say, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like Kevin Bridges says. He can picture his brain behind him making the wanker sign. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're. I mean, well, I've been in London and we just moved actually, um, just outside of London, just before Christmas. So it's kind of that weird thing, sort of when you've moved about, you kind of make friends, obviously, in each kind of area that you've been in. And I've never really spent 
a lot of time in Glasgow. Like, mm-hmm. so I've not, I wouldn't say that I've got a kind of friendship kind of group in Glasgow, weirdly, but I do when I think about it just from work that I've done, whether that's through doing the key sessions, starting that show off for BBC Scotland, yeah. so Mandy and all that lot over there, or, you know, Kelly, we met in London working on a TV show together, and then she lived in Australia for 10 years and she's moved home here. Or Jude and all the guys at um, Scottish BAFTAs. So it's kind of weird, sort of depending on where you are. You, you know, I've got kind of, I've got loads of mates still back home in Anstruther that mm-hmm. I went to nursery school with and all that kind of thing. So yeah. yeah. So from Anstruther, obviously you're here in Glasgow for the Glasgow Film Festival. Yeah. I have to give that a mention tonight. I'm coming to your show actually. Oh, the soundtracking yeah. and the drag it. Yeah. So that's for anybody who won't be aware is Simon Bird's directorial debut, Days of the Bag and Old Summer, and the music has been done by Stuart Murdoch of Bell and Sebastian. Been done by Bell and Sebastian, yeah. So this show, I take it, is you exploring where they get their musical influences and how they tie it into the film. Yeah, so I launched the podcast three years ago. Um, uh, it's called Soundtracking with Edith Bowman, and it kind of just ex- it's my opportunity to explore my love of film and music and yeah. be- bring the two together. So we speak to all kinds of people um, in the world of film about their relationship with music and how it works for them both professionally but also personally. Mm -hmm. So it's nice when we can take it out and do it live. We did it last year. uh, Oh, no, we didn't. We missed. We didn't make last year. year before we did Lynn Ramsey Mm -hmm. up here. And then we've done some at the BFI down in London. We've done some at festivals. Festival number six, we did Irvin Welsh, which was great. But um, the show predominantly week to week basis is just me going and chatting to someone about their music so uh who have we we've had i mean we've had loads of people coming up we've got um Sharon Horgan's a new episode that's going up today mm-hmm. um we've got Ricky Gervais coming up oh i'll be listening to that um so yeah i mean it's it kind of it's and it's and what's nice is because it kind of came out of a of kind of frustration of not being given a regular slot on a traditional broadcaster yeah. you know me kind of going I can give you a guest every week on this. I've got the contacts. I've got the relationships with people. But they were like, we just don't have the space for it at the minute. Mm. You know, it's a seasonal thing. You can have three shows here and four shows there. So it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to go and do it myself then. So that's the beauty of podcasting in this, Absolutely. isn't it? You can just go and create Absolutely. it and you put it out and people can consume it when they like. Absolutely. Is it So it's a passion project for you then, just mm. something that you really enjoy doing? Absolutely. And it's just me and my friend Ben. So I book all the guests. I go and do the interviews, similar to you. Mm. Record the audio send it to him he edits it we put it up that's it that's it it's obviously a lot different to when you started what, absolutely i mean you seem to have done a lot of music shows like i feel was it smart like i want to say smash hits i know you did top of the pops you covered for fern cotton at one point has that was that or what i suppose to take it back what was your motivation you know for getting into the industry how did it come about what was um, your early beginnings well i grew up in a hotel in anstruther that was my granddad started a wee hotel and my mum's from a really big family, so they all kind of we all worked in the hotel and ran it and stuff. And there was always music around in different guises. So they'd have a lot of um like live bands coming and playing for like weddings and things like that. Or they'd also have um They'd have road shows coming from local radio stations. They'd have jazz bands coming and playing. They have little folk nights going on in the bar and the hotel. So there was always music around. My mum was into musical mm-hmm. theatre. My dad had a great record collection. So I just had a really good kind of foundation of music. Mm-hmm. And then I was in a band when I was at school. And then it's really fun. My, my dad's got this footage of me when I was seven. 
Uh, we're on holiday uh, somewhere on a beach, and my mum's on the on one of those parapont things off the back of a boat, you know, on a parachute. Yeah. And my dad's fil- filming it on the Sunny camera, and I've got the mic, and I sing the news at ten theme tune, <laughs> and then I go and interview my mum. My dad's like, we always knew it was something you're going to do. Yeah. So I think that that kind of. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I left school. Yeah. I kind of went into a course that covered a lot of different things, communication studies. And f- when I was doing that, I managed to get local um, experience at my local radio station. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, I was a human sponge. I just, I, I lived and breathed that for the two weeks that I had that work experience and kind of made them feel like they needed me around. Yeah. And so then they gave me work like weekends and holidays. So that was my training. And then when I, when I kind of, graduated they didn't have any full-time work and I was just hungry to, to do more mm-hmm. I tried I applied for everything up here I applied for you know, auditioned for everything got nothing um and so then I got um uh, I, I applied on just like a graduate training scheme down to London and it was a behind the scenes thing and sponsorship and promotions but it was my ticket to London mm-hmm because there seemed to be more opportunities at that time down there. And so when I went down there, I got this job and I applied and sent out my showreel to loads of people, including MTV, and they got back in touch. I went and did a screen test and got an MTV, and that was the kind of proper start then. From there. And so being again around music with MTV and stuff, it just felt like, it was almost like it was it, it was finding me rather than me, you know, yeah. finding it. And then that kind of connections just been always been there and then the film thing came through at the radio radio one when colin left my kind of boss was like we need to get colin need, murray yeah we need to give you your um the show needs it's kind of an identity a different identity now because mm-hmm. the show before was you and colin that was the thing so i was like could it be film and he was like absolutely so then they kind of let me run wild with all the film stuff that we did and mm-hmm. that's then where i started to build up that relationship with with the film side of things how was that i mean Moving down there, just, I'm assuming you were quite young. So first of all, you've got moving from a small place because Anstruthers, it's not really yeah, three thousand people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and going to London, obviously, is one thing. But then, obviously, getting into that industry, like how daunting was it? Because well, because I'd done because I did Edinburgh as a kind of you know right. Okay, I went to Edinburgh first, so it was a and and a, to be honest, my experiences in Edinburgh were amazing from working work experience at the at the radio station. Uh, because I was thrown into working on this program called Hot in the City, which was a a, a nightly show whilst the festival was on. Mm-hmm. So you were kind of just sent out with a recorder, and it was like get what you can. So, but I also think that growing up in a hotel environment where you're, you know, people are the big thing. It's about yeah, you're around people, and you've got to communicate and find solutions to things, and you know, um, I think that that was a good grounding for me and also just the work ethic that I was was instilled with me from working for a family business mm-hmm. so it was kind of like don't be scared of hard work and don't expect anything for nothing mm-hmm. so I think that that helped me and then when I first moved down to London I stayed with family friends to start with before I got the MTV gig and then I, I got a little flat but there was a whole gang of us started at the same time so it was me and Kat Daly and Donna Ayer and Sarah Cox and we were all kind of in the same boat together mm-hmm. so we were a little gang and we all kind of looked after each other and um, it never, I, I never felt daunted going to London. I suppose because you're saying that, first of all, um, dealing with people, <clears throat> excuse me, dealing with people has sort of instilled that, that capability in you, but you said that you felt that it found you more than you found mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And also f- just the wee thing you said there about 
singing the music ten theme tune, yeah. and then interviewing your mum. It seems to me that it's just something inbuilt in you because I try not to get to airy fairy hocus pocus about it, but I always say I like, totally believe that. I say like as a child, it was a calling. Aye, and, and like your and dreams are kind of instilled in you, and it's up to you to follow. And not you don't. Yeah. You don't really get to pick what your dream is. Like how does? Because I see how. Things happen for a reason. Aye. I think. Like, how does a four-year-old know they want to be a vet? Because they don't really know what that entails. But yeah, aye, you're right. That's quite an interesting wee clique as well. Yeah, I think that the um, the funny thing was is like my, the question I always ask is, hold on, I was like six or seven. How did I know the news at ten? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Letting me stay up way later than I should be a six-year-old. Once you start getting, I mean, you're obviously at MTV. You must be rubbing shoulders with really famous people uh, at all times obviously you're sitting across the desk the way yeah. I'm sitting across for you now Does, did you just kind of did you just think I'm supposed to be here this is completely normal uh, no god not at all I mean I, st- I still have imposter syndrome on a really? daily basis absolutely because um, I'm not a I'm not a journalist mm. and I'm not a critic I'm a fan Yeah, that's the way I always come at stuff so when I do interviews, I'm coming at it as a knowledgeable fan perspective. Yeah. But I, I, to, I, I get absolutely overwhelmed by who I get to speak to and stuff. And there's not, you know, I think that the, the moment that I become blasé about that and go, oh yeah, it's just X, Y, and Z. It's like, have a word with yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. but then on the flip side of that, they're just people. That's it. And so I think that that's what I learned quite quickly. And you know what I think helped as well was that I did MTV and then I went off to do a travel show called Rough Guide for like six months. And that was all about just real people in real situations in different parts of the world, in Mm -hmm. different cultures. And it was kind of like their experiences are as impressive as that famous person's experience. So they're both the same, really. It's just theirs is in the limelight and theirs is kind of, you know... I suppose if you can find a good balance between the two, let's just say it is some A-lister, we have an appreciation for who they are and their work, then uh, yeah. obviously that interest mm-hmm. is going to come across. But also, you are just a guy and I don't really care that much. Uh, I think having that balance is... Absolutely. And I think that they appreciate that as well. And I think that... I'm not falling to them. I just, I hope that when I'm doing interviews and stuff, I'm coming across with having a genuine interest in Aye, people. There's, there's no point. I've said no to a few people to, to chat with that have, on paper, they've been very famous, but I'm like, I'm wasting their time. I'll make an arse of myself because I just, I'm not, not even that I'm not interested. It's just, I don't know what I would ask. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much research you can do to find yeah. wee bits of information. What it's, do you look for then? Just what, I don't, do you know what? This might sound ridiculous, but I don't know if I could define that. Mm-hmm. Just an interest. I just I'm, I'm interested in some day and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, my interest doesn't define their their level of importance or anything. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just have to be interested in yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of comment you said there about. I think you said something about seeing somebody and being confronted with them. Or, it's just reminded me of a funny story. I wasn't going to tell it, but it involves you, but I will oh, tell God, it. So yeah, it's not bad for you. Okay. So I, me and my pals uh, blagged it into an, award, an awards thing recently. Yeah. We weren't supposed to be there. What was we, the awards? I don't know if I should say it. Come on. See the Scottish Music Awards. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's fine. At the, at the, um, and you are presenting yeah, the award. Yeah. So we blagged it in because there was no security. It was door. a brutally long night, by the way. It was long. We, Did you go there for the whole thing? No. So we yeah. came in 
basically we what were what point did you come in before uh, or after Twin Atlantic after but oh, okay. before Jim Care and Simple Minds which yeah. was the reason we came down because okay. I heard they were on and I was like let's just try and blag it so we've I got in <clears throat> we kidded on we were at the smoking area that's probably got, I'm going to get pulled up for this um, we pretended we were at the smoking area mm-hmm. we didn't know where to go so I just was like follow me and we'll walk with purpose amazing so I saw a door mm-hmm. and I opened the side door and you were on the other side of the door like standing at the side of the stage what, and somebody was like so, no this was before this mm-hmm. and somebody was on stage about to present something so I've opened the door, seen you, and I've went, fuck! Like, <laughs> <laughs> slammed, the door, slammed the door shut and then just ran back, but we got in. So, there so you go. I've done that so many times. If you don't, I think if you don't, if you don't, in life in any way, if you don't push it, if you don't, Absolutely. If you don't snatch ask your chance, yeah. exactly. What's the worst someone's going to say is no. Exactly. And Absolutely. You're no, you're no further behind and no further forward. Absolutely. Totally, totally agree with that. And um, I got that from my mum for sure. I remember, so my mum's a massive Rod Stewart fan and she's taken me to see Rod Stewart numerous times. Um, And one of those occasions was at the SECC, or I must have been about 11 or 12. And we were, there was a whole mini bus of us came through from Manchester in various forms of leopard print, you know, (laughs) and... uh, so much perm, so much perm in a minibus. It was That's just the guys as well. <laughs> exactly. And um, and so my mum knew I was being looked after because we, we were there with lots of family, friends and stuff. And I was like, where's mum? Next thing I see my mum, we were in the seating, like around the sides. Yeah. And next thing I was like, is that, is that, is that mum down there? My mum was on someone's shoulders in the front <laughs> row being passed cameras to take pictures of him. Amazing. She'd gone... To one security guard and gone, oh, listen, I'm sorry to bother you. I was like, but I'm, um, I'm a family friend of um, of your boss and I've totally forgotten his daughter's name. And then she goes to the next security guard and just walks past and goes, and the guy's going, hold on a minute, who are you sort of thing? And she's like, I mean, say her name's like Stephanie. She's yeah. like, mate, I don't think you want to, bo- I, I'm friends with Stephanie. She's already in, just blagged her way Aye. in. That's it if you don't. I think it's the confidence thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you walk somewhere with purpose, because there's people with earpieces at that night in the Scottish <laughs> music thing, there's people with earpieces holding doors open for us because why would these guys be walking with mm-hmm. such what seems like authority? Yeah. Although I absolutely bottled it when I opened the door and realised I was at the side of the stage. <laughs> you could have got on stage with Jim, mate. I know, I know. I should have. Well, we did go looking for him because he ended up backstage. And I asked, I was like, is Jim care about? And I did. Let's get that. him on the podcast. I know. I will at some point. Yeah. But I did, I did get told That's at that point, lady. right, you need to fuck up a wee bit. And like, you've managed to get yourself <laughs> in here. But I was... Booze on the tables, it was excellent. It was such a long night. Mm. It's like five hours long award show. They definitely need to look at the structure of that award show. It could be a lot tighter and a bit slicker. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I, got, I got in for free, so <laughs> lads, do whatever you want. <laughs> Who am I to tell you? See you next year. Um, the music, obviously, presenting stuff, music things, music awards. Mm. You did tea in the park and that. Are you gutted yeah. that's finished? Um, I am, but I also think that... It, Again, things happen for a reason. I mean, I think I love the... So I went to the... Fir, one of the first first festival I went to was Tina Park when mm-hmm. I was at Strathclyde Park. When I was at... I was, have, you, have you recently looked over what the lineup for that was? Yeah, it was insane. So like the King Tut's like introducing stages like Oasis, Oasis and all yeah. that is mental. I saw them playing football backstage. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, and then obviously it moved from there to Balado. And Balado was a great site. Yeah. It was a really good site. Um, I think that there was a few problems with it getting bigger and mm-hmm. it becoming slightly out of control. But I know that they were forced to leave that site. 
something to do with the either the irrigation or there was birds nesting. No, or that was like that? the that was the the Strath Strath, Strath Allen Strath Allen one. That yeah. was to do with the the birds nest. But um, uh, I think it's a it's a constant problem with certain things in Scotland where. Uh, people are trying to do and put on great things, but they don't get the support that's needed from the authoritative figures. Yeah. And so uh, there was something to do with a pipeline being underneath the ground at Balado, and it was a, apparently it was a health risk and stuff. I've heard conflicting reports that that's mm. actually true. So they were, but they were forced to leave Balado and move to Strath. Kinnis, was it? Strath Island? I think it was Strath Island. Strath I, I Island. Mean, I mean, I, I didn't I, I mean, I went, I, went, I did the cut, but the first year it was there, they got absolutely screwed over with um, the infrastructure that was set up by mm. local authorities for traffic in and out. And then the second year, that then had a knock-on effect to the second year, and then it went for whatever reason. But I think what Jeff's done in terms of turning around Transmit, I think it's brilliant. I've done the coverage for the last three years, and um, I'm doing it again this year, and I think it's, I think it's a great festival. I think it's absolutely excellent. I was there last year. Uh, I was think that there? the idea of it being a day festival, so you can either cut, you can come for the weekend, Aye. do you know what I mean? But you just get a Airbnb or a, yeah. or a you know or a, or a hotel room sort of thing. Um, it's a limited number because it's the city centre. I yeah. just think it takes a, a level of responsibility away in terms of people's safety and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that what's really good is that every day has a slightly different feel to it yeah. and, you know, focus. Because, I mean, we had stor- last year with Storms in the Friday. Um, <sighs> Jerry Cinnamon. Jerry. Lewis had a great one. Of course, he stepped in for Snow Patrol, didn't he? Aye, and he came out. He came out to it, Happy Hardcore. Aye, so he that did. And he, had the, he sang, was it he sang Wonderwall? He was winding up No Gallagher at that point yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, what else is kind of what's happening like for me aye. Uh, oh, loads of stuff I feel like it's it feels like I'm in a I feel in a really privileged position that similarly with the podcast and going fuck it I'm going to do it myself that I feel like that's kind of the way things are now at the minute where there's none to stop you just aye. getting a project off the ground so I've got I shot a pilot for a thing that I'm trying to get off the ground I've got another TV show idea in the pipeline at the minute that's in development um, with a Scottish production company. Um, I've got this BBC4 show that I've just started doing called Life Cinematic, which is me getting to go and interview really brilliant people about... Um, it's basically a bit like Desert Island Discs, but for films. Yeah. So I've filmed two of them uh, with Sam Mendes, Sam Taylor-Wood, wow. and I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks to do Sofia Coppola. Bloody like hell. the dream... So that's kind of good. And touch wood. Uh, so it's me and this other guy, Robbie Collin. He does a couple and I do a couple. So we've got five for this first season. Three have gone out. We've got one each to film. And it'd, it'd be great if it gets recommissioned. Mm. So we just have to wait and see. So that's it's busy. Excellent. It's good. Aye, so you're quiet then. <laughs> Between now. So you're, you're and then, be... then this today with Simon and, and Stuart. I am looking forward be... to this. It's really interesting because it's really nice to be able to support new filmmakers. You know, Simon obviously is someone who's known as being that character in the in-betweeners. And, and so to, to take that leap into filmmaking is is a brave one and not an easy one to make because it's so mm-hmm. hard to make independent films now. But to get someone like Bell and Sebastian behind you to do the music and stuff, it's nice to bring them together to be able to talk about that yeah. and play some stuff from the film and... 
That's it, it. Do you know what? That didn't even cross my mind because when I realised it was him who was directing, mm. I just thought, all right, that's fine. But when you think of him in the context of the in-betweeners, you would think it's... You've just probably got the risk of being typecast mm-hmm. a wee bit because a few things he's been in have been that Similar. character. Yeah, Aye. totally. So to, to be able to go and do that, that's great that you're yeah. able to support that as well. It's That's what's really nice about being independent with the podcast and not being assigned to yeah. broadcasters that we're making the decisions. Ah, you do whatever you want. Absolutely. It's, it's free research and development podcasts and people's initiatives and their undertakings, you know, creative or otherwise, are free research and development for networks because then when they see that there's an appetite for it they step mm-hmm. in and say all right would you like to have a chat and it's like well where were you you know before this point like you should yeah. have shown a wee bit of you know would that influence your your decision making if you were to say yes to <clears throat> excuse me going on to a channel or a network because you know where was the where was the the belief or the support before they realized it was a success no because it's kind of nice to sort of have your own thing mm-hmm. that kind of not to prove a point, but, you know, what was amazing, like, we, like, we we didn't get any support from anything and we rely purely on word of mouth mm-hmm. and stuff. We don't have those kind of marketing teams behind Same. us and all that kind of thing. You know, it's all based on, uh, I guess, trust with people in terms of they know what I do and they know how I do it and yeah. so they might want to check it out sort of thing. So it's kind of been really rewarding having to not rely on other people. But I still like that relinquishing the responsibility a bit and just going in and doing a job for someone else. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Aye. And stuff. And, you know, to be honest with the podcast, I don't really make any money from it. It's ma- it is a passion project. And so all the other stuff that I do sort of funds me being able to do it. So... So yeah, it does. It, it, I'm not one to kind of cut my nose off to spite my face. If yeah. someone said no to me, it will stop me from, from. Similarly, with like, if you have a bad interview with someone, you can't kind of take it personally. You can't stop that from making you want to return to try and see if there was, you know, if you can get a better one the next time because they might just had a shit day. Yeah, you never know how you're going to get someone. You know, you might be the first person they speak to that day. They're in the best mood ever. You might be the 40th person that they've just, you know, and, and it's like they're like the last thing they want to do. I just can't be bothered. Yeah. I didn't want to focus on, on the negatives. I did want to ask from a positive aspect as well. But are, <laughs> no, there, no, any, are there any shocking interviews that stick out in your mind? Ashton Kutcher. Really? Yeah. He was just a bit of a dick. That's and he was like, it was disappointing. Because I am, um, don't worry, because um, I loved um, Dude Where's My Car. Uh, and... Do you know what it was? It was just he was just one of those people. He wasn't engaged and he wasn't Not interested. And 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 his publicist sat in the corner on on a BlackBerry. You know that noise that oh, Blackberries make the whole time. Oh, and so because you know, and this was when I was this was for Radio One, and what we'd normally do is we'd get a picture at the end. So then you'd have that picture as the avatar online yeah, to then yeah. glisten again or whatever. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh, yeah, can we grab a picture? And instead of him responding to us, he looked at his publicist as if to go, can you respond to them? We've got a... Hi, Zoe Flowers. And you come. You're all right. We're just finishing up. Come and join us in the podcast, Zoe. Do you want to say hello? <laughs> I mean, and that Zoe, old Zoe Flowers. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so but Zoe he was, from the Glasgow he, Film Festival yeah. team has joined us. She's amazing. She runs it. Thanks, guys. She's the boss. <laughs> Officially the press manager, but she's very much in charge but yeah he was the he was my 
my disappointing one. Saw, Talking about my disappointing interviews. Yeah, this is this is one of them. This is this will be up there. <laughs> uh, you see Vernon Kay slaughtering Jack Black the other day for no. basically the same thing. Just said he was a pure arsehole every time oh, really? you met him, I, and he just was a shit guy and wasn't interested. Oh, I had a great time with Jack Black, oh. particularly when I said to him, uh, he was like, uh, I can't remember why I said it, but I said, like I call my jogging trousers my comfies. Right, yeah. And so I said to him, I was like, oh, we were just talking about it being, he was like, this is great, it's so relaxed sort of thing. I was like, yeah, I, was like, I should have just worn my cum face. <laughs> anyway, he thought I said, I should have worn my cum face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, At and then what point, happened? He literally couldn't breathe from laughing. <laughs> I just felt like mic drop because it was like, I've made Jack Black Aye. laugh like that. So that is absolutely like, amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Shall we uh, finish on that? Yeah, yeah. So he's <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to tip the papers off to that one. <laughs> so you can expect to see that headline in the tabloids oh, in the I've next few days. I've seen worse, mate. I've seen worse. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Really pleasure time. chatting to you. Thank you. I'll see you at your show tonight. Brilliant. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks, mate. Cheers.